When we put this topic on the list, I originally thought that it would be something that we would have in case of a rainy day where we couldn't think of anything else to talk about. But as we kind of came into this week, we both had a lot on, so we wanted a topic that was relatively lightweight, easy, didn't require a lot of research. And so we picked this one much sooner than I thought. And when we're doing the pre-brief for it the other day, I actually realized it's a pretty interesting topic and something that I start to really look forward to doing this podcast. What what are your thoughts on on hair culture and re reliving some of the hair phases that we've gone through? Yeah, this is definitely one of those topics that on at first uh, hearing about it you think this is pretty ridiculous, but I also agree with you. It's definitely an interesting one due to its high value in relatability. And by that I mean you have hair, I have hair. I can say with almost certainty that most people have been born with hair. So it's a very relatable topic. I think uh, we can have fun with it. Uh, also, I just want to highlight, we are keeping this strictly to head hair, right? <laughs> Correct, yeah. <laughs> Let's stay, we'll stay above the belt on this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in terms of uh, just a brief, what I, what I see as hair culture, you know, hair culture is everywhere. We see it on TV. We see it on magazines, our favorite music stars, movie actors, sport icons. Every single person you see is a potential hair advertisement for you, right? <laughs> I mean, you're walking around, you see a guy rocking a refreshing look. Maybe it might work for me, maybe not. So it's a very uh, interesting topic to discuss about. I, I personally loved changing my hairstyle. I'm a person that really cared about his hair during my late teen years and early 20s. How about yourself? Um... Definitely some experimenting, as I'm sure we're going to get to late, later in the episode. Probably much more so during my teen years. And, you know, it was much more about radical experimentation rather than, I guess, just styling, you know, styling with gel and whatnot. We'll cover that a bit later. But when we kind of got when, when we got into our mid-20s, I just I, I didn't really care so much. And I realized that a lot of my friends and even yourself cared much more about styling their hair than I did whereas I was kind of like all right let's if it looks half decent then I'm then I'm good to go another thing we should probably highlight in this episode we are two guys and we are for the most part in this episode I think going to be talking about hair culture and men and the guy's point of view on this again I think you're dead on in what you said at the beginning that it is a big thing uh, even amongst men and that might be somewhat surprising when you when you think of the topic of hair it, it's it's easy to think that it's actually women that care more about hair than guys do but i'm not i'm not actually so sure that that's the case at least for many many guys across the globe yeah hair the way i see it is a very defining trait to the human body and mm. it's the one thing that can give you a bit of personality right it's it can add flair to your character 
uh, <laughs> it's the one thing that you got to make yourself stand out in the crowd. I think it's a very important trait, and that's my take on it. When you mention uh, standing out in the crowd, you know, you start to think back of who are some people in your life that have really made attempts to do that with their hair. For me, the obvious one is my childhood friend Dave. Shout out to Dave. He was a guy who, or he is a guy, who really didn't care for the vast majority of things about his looks. And I say that in the kindest way. He, he, his annual clothing budget was probably about 50 bucks. He wore the same jeans. He would you know, throw on whatever t-shirt was lying around. Was not a kind of fashionista by any stretch of the imagination. But Dave, at one stage in his life, decided that he was going to be uh, a mohawk guy and he worked very hard at getting quite a an impressive mohawk and that mohawk was the most important thing to him <laughs> i remember before going out he would spend what felt like hours getting his mohawk up ready to go for the evening i even remember this was dave was also a guy who frankly nothing in life really bothered him everything was pretty easy right. going but the one night when, I don't know if it was the humidity or whatever, just he could not get his mohawk to stand. And I've never seen a guy so upset. <laughs> so it really shows that, you know, hair can be uh, something that really cuts at the core of someone. Well, I, I, that kind of reminds me of an uh, experience as well. Again, in Thailand, I was going out. I had a buddy that I would go to, go out with. I would, I, you know, I'd style my hair and I would meet up with my buddy and I'm taking the car. Bear in mind, he has a, you know, just a shaved head, but kind of a buzz cut. And he would always opt to just take the motorbike, which is fair enough because, you know, you're avoiding traffic. You don't have to worry about parking. Motorbike is the best option. But as a person who's styling his hair, it was always the worst because I knew I had to put on this helmet. And then it just kind of ruined all that work immediately. So it, I just had like inner battles with myself going, oh, fuck, we got to take the motorbike today, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so just little things like that yeah, yeah. I, I just want to quickly throw throw this back to someone like dad though we discussed about him in our other episode regarding the food and i know again he's from a different generation but i have never seen this guy change his hairstyle or facial hair for that matter and this is for me to be in the last 30 years he's he's kept the same hairstyle the same facial hair and I've got mad respect to him for it. I, I could just never do that. I don't know if, if in his younger years he was more more into that. And it just he hit a point where he's like, I've I've got two kids. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, definitely when you look at childhood photos of dad, you you see a bit more variety and just him letting loose and his hair, frankly, just being longer and I wouldn't say stylish necessarily, but kind of just a bit more wild looking. A bit on the scruffy side. Yeah, but maybe it's maybe it was kind of not by choice, you know. I, I guess that's that's also a reality when you enter the workforce in a professional setting. Then there are expectations that you have a haircut that is somewhat quote unquote normal looking, whatever whatever that means. So it's easy to kind of fall into this kind of path of conservatism because by all means, if uh, if you come rocking coming to work rocking something a little bit wild then you know people are going to raise their uh, raise their brows at you so it might have just been out of necessity right now thinking also about how do we get our hair the way the way it is obviously we go to uh 
a barber or a hairdresser. But many of us, I would assume, start off kind of our early years in life just getting our hair cut by our moms. But we were talking about this. We're not actually sure if that's the case. I mean, mom cut our hair growing up when we were kids, but she did have some some background in that field. Like, what do you think? Do you think the average guy out there, you know, had their mom cut his hair when 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 they were younger? Yeah, that's a good point. I I'm also a bit confused about that because we just have our own point of view uh, <laughs> growing up, and I don't know how common that was for for a mom to cut cut their kids' hair. It's not. I by no means think it's the easiest thing to do. Like it definitely requires quite a level of skill to cut hair. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how common it actually is. As you mentioned, mom was a qualified hairdresser. When we moved to the Middle East, she didn't get to put her skills much into practice. I, I, <laughs> she had a good run, definitely. But there was an incident like maybe 10 years ago where she just she was cutting my hair. Everything was going well until maybe towards the end of the haircut. She just completely shaved off a chunk of my hair at the back. <laughs> and and when this happens, you, you know, you don't know what to do. Immediately, we had to go and find the barber. And it was getting kind of late. I was kind of getting worried that maybe all barbers were shut. Luckily, one was open. And the barber was able to fix it by evening everything out. And this pretty much meant, hello, buzz cut. <laughs> so i gotta say i love you mom but you you lost a, a once loyal customer that day i wonder when that was because obviously um that probably left her with uh just one customer left although she sometimes did cut dad's hair um, no, she still does oh she still does yeah. okay <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's why dad has the same haircut all these years because uh she only knows one style <laughs> um yeah. But yeah, I also remember the last time she cut my hair. It was actually in advance of a college graduation. Obviously, at that big stage moment. in life, big moment. But obviously, at that stage of life, she wasn't still cutting my hair up until that point. It was more as we're coming up to college graduation, mom and dad were staying with me and I needed a haircut. And so my mom wanted to do it. And so I said, yeah, sure. Why not? It's it's been a while. And I think it'd been a while for her too, because she just, she (laughs) couldn't get it going right. You know, and I guess the issue with the haircutting is like, once you start to kind of make a mistake, you try to correct it and that could kind of amplify it. And you could just quickly kind of go down this path of, you know, what's going on here. And, uh, like you, I definitely had to run to the emergency barbershop after that uh, session to kind of get it looking a bit more normal for uh, for college graduation. I think she saw the funny side in it. We all did. Yeah. But yes, that was the, the last time that mom ever, ever cut my hair. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we, we both kind of had our last straw moment with her. Yeah. Yeah. But now, so like everyone else, we go to um, uh, barbershops to uh, get our hair cut. What's your... What's your kind of thoughts? What's your approach to barbers? Are you are you loyal to your barbers? Do you do a lot of research to try and find your your guy or your girl? What's your attitude there? First off, I have lived in a few different countries. One, especially, I'm, I'm living in countries where, like Korea and Thailand, where most barbers are not going to be speaking English. And that can be a very daunting thing when you're going in, you got to talk about what you want. You know, what do you, what do you say? 
You gotta love those magazines, though. I don't know if it's like in in America. Do they have the magazines just splayed out? Some do. Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're around. I mean, I love that the, the magazines. What do you think? Can they really do all those styles? Because <laughs> that's the idea. They have it, and they have a bunch of pictures, and you just like that one. <laughs> in terms of loyalty, yeah, I definitely try to stick with the same barber because with the language barrier, especially once they kind of get to know you. You don't have to worry about that whole thing that you just go, you just show up and you do some hand gestures or whatever, and they, they know what you want. I don't go so far out of the way as to like doing proper research on where to go. Like, I, I mainly just, if it's a nice looking barber or the first one I see, I, I decide to go to that. Mm -hmm. Now, you, you said on the food draft episode that, you know, if you go to a place and you get food poisoning, that that could pretty much ruin your, uh, you know, you're never going to go to that place again or you're very unlikely to go to that place again right is it the same kind of mindset with a barber have you ever come out of a barber thinking oh my god what have they done here i'm done oh well in the case of mom yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, there actually fortunately there hasn't been too many accidents at the barber shops apart from a recent one where this guy that i don't I, it's, it's the same barber shop i go to but i it's it's a different barber that was cutting my hair on that day and he just didn't get the sides right and he was he's he was you know already wrapping up taking the sheet off like he was done and i was like hold on and i had to show him i'm like this this, this has got to be fixed he noticed it and it was a big difference like one was more like had an angle to it another was like like a straight edge it was just very uneven mm -hmm. and so uh, that's actually kind of put me off that barbershop now because I don't want to have the chance of getting that one guy again. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people will feel similar. I'm a bit more, as I said, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say relaxed, but I kind of feel that cutting hair must be like anything in life, where if you're a barber, you're going to have your good days and you're going to have your bad days. Unfortunately for your bad days, that could be a customer that com comes out very unsatisfied and depending on how short or what kind of bad means in that case, like it's very little that could be done. Once you've kind of cut a hair too short, that's it. You just kind of have to wait it out to the next one. True. Actually, kind of a funny thing. I know we're talking about our experiences and mostly about guys, but Angie is notorious in her friend group for being very, um, I want to say, well, particular over the outcome of her hair. And apparently in college... Her friends would have to warn the rest of the group anytime Angie was having a haircut because she would always come off the back of it and just be very over analytical about how they've done. And it would take her usually 24 to 48 hours just to kind of get to grips with the uh, with whatever was done. So it was kind of the, the warning. Uh oh, Angie's had a haircut today. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. How often would you say you get a haircut? Well, funnily, doing this now during uh, pandemic lockdown, I think this is probably the longest stretch that I've gone without a haircut. So it is out of control right now. I'm looking at, geez, wherever, however long we've been in, in lockdown, so probably at least three months now, I haven't had a haircut. Now, normally, obviously, I wouldn't go this long. I cut my hair when it gets to a point where it's like I need to, I, I, I'm almost past due a haircut, right? It's gotten too long and... I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, this is looking pretty messy. I need to get I need to get cleaned up. 
and then often it might also revolve around a very specific thing like i'm going to a conference or i'm good again i'm going to be in a professional setting and I, don't, I feel uncomfortable going just looking like a bit of a a bit of a mess and i think just the, frankly i don't i don't like to i don't know I, I i don't like to go and get my hair cut i i like the feeling afterwards when i come out but i think i'm a bit antsy to sit there just do nothing whilst they whilst they cut my hair i don't know why like i don't know they need to do more about having entertainment services like whether it's your choice of tv or somehow letting you listen to you know your favorite podcast but then at the same time you'd feel like a bit of a jerk if you kind of sat there and had your earphones in and were it was just zoned out listening to your podcast because i don't know would that feel right to the barber (laughs) well well that uh, i know especially in america or england there's a lot of uh there's a big barber culture there right a lot of people like would would meet up at a barber shop and just have fun conversations over there now that wouldn't that doesn't happen for me in my as an expat in these countries you know i'm more the type i don't want to talk with my barber stay silent you cut my hair and that's it the most i say is short on the sides long just a little bit the amount of times <laughs> i've had to say that in my life at a barber shop <laughs> that's that's the style <laughs> short on the sides long long just a little bit. <laughs> so what are we having today boss short on the sides on the top just a little bit i also don't like to yeah really engage in conversations with the barber simply because often if you're again i'm not one that have i don't have a regular barber so i'm it's not a continuation necessarily so every conversation i have with the barber it's a lot of kind of first round stuff what do you do where you come from those kind of conversations that part of getting to know someone sometimes those are the conversations that can be a bit dull right and so to kind of just recount that stuff over and over again with different barbers now i did have a phase where i decided to go to a more upscale hairdresser it's the works they actually you know they give you a drink which is actually a common thing here in portland you you might get a beer when you sit down Mm -hmm. so just again to tackle that whole or something to do and relax and have a drink I do have a question, actually, and because you're out there in the West, I don't have much experience of getting a haircut there. Because of the language barrier, there's not really any awkwardness of like having that silence, you know? But I feel like if I were to get a haircut over in America or in England, the silence will feel a little bit more awkward because we, we are able to communicate. No, I don't look at it that way. I think it would be awkward if you, if they were trying to talk and you were giving short answers and being kind of... Just staying rude. silent. I actually also look at it in the terms of, you know, if you were working on something, sometimes you want to concentrate, right? Right. Conversing could be a distraction if you're trying to focus on, yeah, getting things, you know, getting the hairlines right or whatever. So I kind of go in and look at it from that standpoint where just like anything, you kind of suss each other out in terms of how eager are they to engage in conversation hopefully they're sussing me out to see how eager i am to engage in conversation and I, like i said most of the time i'm not interested but yeah that one phase that one kind of stretch where i was going to this particular hairdresser again it was on the pricier side but it was the works and it, it was the drinks the you're kind of getting the head massage afterwards which i know is something you get a lot in asia is kind of standard yeah Although I found that, especially with the barbershops I've been going to, it seems not as common anymore. Yeah, before every barbershop I went to, it was automatic that you're getting this hair wash after. But lately, I've kind of seen it's not the case so much anymore. 
Well, it's like anything. Those are kind of premium services. And now maybe even in Thailand, you have to kind of pay a bit more for things like that. Because that's certainly the case here. To get that kind of stuff to the hot towel, the head massage, which is really nice. Even the 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 shave, that's something that, again, only certain places will do here. But if you get a nice kind of warm, wet shave, that's always very relaxing. All that stuff you can get here, but you're typically going to a premium place. And there, I kind of feel like if you're going to those premium places, you might build into your routine. And then if you're going to the same person, you might build up that rapport. And then it almost becomes like a therapy session. You kind of go and you talk about what's been going on, the pressures you're having at work or whatever, what your plans are. And right. You know, then then it becomes something very different. But again, I'm that was a stretch in life where I was into that. But now I'm kind of just get in, get out as quickly as uh, as I can. <laughs> right on. On that note, actually, there was one more type of uh, barbershop experience that I wanted to highlight in Singapore. You know, I think places like Singapore are very adept at kind of having these facilities, whether they're restaurants or cafes or whatnot, in in a very small square foot area you know just trying to maximize their space they had this kind of rapid haircut they really were designed on getting get out in like 10 minutes it's the efficiency over there yeah you know even the way they set up in terms of having the the pre-installed vacuums to kind of suck up all the hair and this was easily the fastest haircut i've ever had in my life it is really just like a kind of a a conveyor belt of people just kind of coming in getting trimmed up and going out and and that was uh i guess in that kind of environment where you got a lot of people who are you know it's a work kind of culture a, just kind of it's a business hub right it's just get in uh, look and look sharp for that day mm-hmm. yeah yeah i get it there's a there's a funny style they have over here and i don't know if you saw it when you came to the night markets so a night market in thailand where they have one section with all the food and Another section where you can buy like clothes and random objects. And then next to that is just a big area where, with bars, a bunch of drinking. So that's where a lot of the local young Thais will go. And just in the midst of those bars is like a, a barber shop. Mm. So I guess it's for any, anyone looking to go on a night out. And then they decided at the last minute, you know what? I think I could use a haircut right now. <laughs> Better my chances at going over to that table. That's genius. My friend tried it. And when he came out, he said the weirdest part was that because they don't have a mirror for you the whole time, right? So you're just getting your haircut, having no idea what they're doing. And I don't think I've ever actually had a haircut where, uh, maybe with mom, <laughs> going back to mom. But besides that, I don't know if I have had a haircut where you're, you don't actually, you're not in front of the mirror yeah, looking at every watching. little thing that's going on. Yeah, so it's kind of like experience, huh? Yeah, it's kind of like a surprise at the end. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. And the famous kind of mirror at the back of your head, where no matter what's going on, you're pretty much just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, barber jokes, uh, we also wanted to highlight if if you haven't ever seen barber memes, go out and Google them today because they're absolutely hilarious. Just go Google bar- barber memes. I guess it just makes fun of the relationship between a customer and barber. If, if you see a person with just a ridiculous hairstyle, what could he have possibly asked the barber to get this haircut that he's that he's rocking right now? Yeah, and yeah, th- those are funny memes. We had a bit of tears, uh, laughing tears, going over some of those yesterday. <laughs> or the other. Let, quickly, also 
on the subject of head hair, there's also facial hair. True. Now, this is, I definitely went through a phase, and, and frankly, we both have facial hair now, and we, I think you keep a certain amount of facial hair on an ongoing basis, as do I. I used to be, actually, until relatively, until just a few years ago, probably about five years ago, I was clean-shaven. But now I'm, I typically have a bit of a goatee and a bit of a beard. But I went through, again, a phase where I guess when you hit puberty, you're starting to get facial hair and you're kind of, it's a new exciting thing to play with. I went through a phase of just trying to rock different mustaches and beards. And probably my favorite was uh, why too. I had the, the chin strap, which I really enjoyed. And then, and then this kind of goatee into kind of Nike dagger things coming down the the chin too. Those are kind of two things that I experimented with, and and I really enjoyed shaping those and trying to maintain those. Uh, well, what's been your kind of uh, experience with facial hair? It depends on where you are. So, definitely in Asia, you kind of feel a bit scruffy when you rock facial hair because mm-hmm. it's just not the style here. You know, I guess Asian men tend to have less facial hair in general due to genetics, right? Mm-hmm. So I definitely was in my early 20s just rocking the clean shaven look. And I, I would hate getting the stubble because it just, I didn't like it. It really bothered me. Uh, nowadays, yeah, I, I just mainly have keep a bit of stubble on because it's just too much of an effort to go clean shaven all the time. I usually tend to have like picture like Orlando Bloom. <laughs> I have this little chart out. I don't even know all these names who even made these names. Um, but I guess they call it the the balbo. So it's, it's where you have a mustache, and then you kind of where it connects to your beard uh, at the chin. You would shave that area, and then you just have the the beard on the chin. So there's just a little okay. space between the mustache and the beard. Okay. So I, I usually go with that as my go-to. As I mentioned before, Dad has had the fa- same facial hair all my life, and that's the circle beard. Mm. is that what it's called uh, based on this chart yeah circle Mm. beard i've tried that i don't like that just purely because i i don't know maybe i'm i see myself looking like dad a bit too much and it just (laughs) bothers me in that way Uh no no offense dad but yeah mainly just keeping the stubble actually when i do grow out my beard i find it a bit cheeky but some of the the parents of the students i teach have given me a a, a razor for free like maybe it's like an indication of like (laughs) <laughs> you need a shave, dude. So it's kind of funny. It really is different cultures there, right? Because yeah, for sure. In 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 Asia in general, I think facial hair is rare. As as you mentioned, just there is a genetic component there, and obviously, being us being half Asian, half white, we kind of battle those genetic our body battles those <laughs> genetic genetic things every day. Um, I I get decent facial hair up until a certain point. Uh, my cheeks don't really grow much, so it only goes. <laughs> to a certain height Um, but here in portland oregon beard culture is a huge thing and people will you know really grow out these these kind of portland style beards which are big and thick and long and almost that kind of lumberjack look yeah i I, if i could grow that kind of beard i I would definitely give it a try i just can't it just gets too too raspy it's not thick enough yeah i mean again it's my asian genetics that's just hindering that and again, it, I think if I could grow like, you know, one of those, again, I'm looking at this chart, they call it, they're calling it the imperial look, but picture the mustache that like on, on Mr. Pringles or the Monopoly guy, 
mm-hmm. like the old-fashioned style. Yeah, I think that that's such a cool look. If I if I could grow a thick mustache, I would I would love to try that. It's true. I mean, we we've spent a lot of time thinking about kind of the hair on our head, um, the innovation and things and the phases that we've gone through there. But yeah, you could easily uh, go a whole another level with um with when you incorporate your your facial hair as well. Yeah, I, I think I have a decent, like I have patches where it grows like, I don't want to say patches, but I, there's parts of my head where like my facial hair grows nice and thick and I can work with it. But like you, there's parts where I just, I couldn't do some of the things that you see um, some people out there doing. And on another note, I know your wife particularly loves the facial hair. Mm-hmm. My wife, on the other hand, does not because... <laughs> uh, Truth be told, I guess it's just not the most pleasant feeling on mm-hmm. when you go for kisses or it can hurt. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if uh, yeah. uh, Western girls are just have tougher skin on that part. I don't know. I mean, Angie complains uh, sometimes. It's also like a certain length thing, right? At a certain length, it's a bit more prickly. True. You know, as it gets a bit longer, maybe it can, becomes a bit softer. But yeah. I think there there is a, that is a fact there. All right, so um, next we're going to recap our different hair phases over the years and just kind of talk about some of the the hair phases that we've had. We've tried to name them where we where we can. In some cases, or I think in most cases, we've both gone through it. Maybe in in, in a couple of cases, only one of us have had had it. So let's just. Let's just kind of go and hopefully, for the most part, it'll be relatively chronological. So bear that in mind when we kind of talk about some of these haircuts. So <laughs> the the first one is the calling it the bowl cut. This is kind of your pure um, 90s, pure 90s, um, early phase in life. We would have been four five, six years old, seven, eight, maybe. I remember at this stage in life, I wanted my hair to be long. And actually, I wanted it to be straight as well. And we talked, we, we we didn't mention this earlier, but you know, our hair—I wouldn't call it curly—but when it gets to a certain length, it starts to get a bit curly. And that always kind of, as a kid, that upset me because it feels ridiculous to say, but some of maybe the the role models that you'd look to for hairstyles would be like Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> like Home Alone. Or, wow. Yeah, I, I, I've got him there. Yeah, Kevin McAllister. Yeah. DiCaprio. Uh, yeah, that would be a bit later in life, maybe. But I'm thinking also, what was that show? Home Improvement? Or all the kids in that show? Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. I can't Again, so it's that, it's that kind of, I don't know, the bowl cut, the, the long hair coming down the sides. Even now I'm just thinking about it, even kind of the long hair at the front. If you could get it to a right length, you tuck it behind your ear, right? It's almost <laughs> kind of... Well, well that was DiCaprio right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the style that we were shooting for. And I just, you know, I try my best. But again, that those those damn curls, they would come in and uh, I wouldn't really be able to to kind of get it exactly like those guys. Do you remember that, that phase? I was definitely younger for that. I do remember having the bowl cut or I called it the mushroom cut at the mm. time. Oh, yeah, that's a good name. And yeah. Just... I do have memories of just, you know, spending time in the bathroom early age. I must have been like six or seven. Just getting it right, but getting the parting right and mm-hmm. per- like combing it for five minutes or something, 10 minutes. Yeah, if it, if it wasn't parted in the perfect way, it would annoy me as well. But I don't, it's weird because as a kid, I definitely wasn't aware of like the trending hairstyles. 
right? So at that time, mom is just taking me to the barber and giving me this haircut, and I'm just kind of rolling with it. You might have been more aware than you thought, though, like whether you were kind of looking at what our, I had or what, you know, when you're at that age, you kind of look look up to older kids around you and be like, oh, I want to get what they have. So you totally right. reminded me with Mushroom Cut. That's dead on. That is what we're going for. I even remember one of the dreams as well was to try and get the undercut, I think it was called. So mm-hmm. where the shave part would go pretty much underneath a longer piece right. that was that was kind of coming out from the top. That was also something that was kind of a, an evolution of the of the mushroom cut. Yep. <laughs> Again, it's all about that short the short sides. Uh-huh. Yeah, the we'll call that the bowl cut phase, the um, early '90s, and definitely kind of uh, there must be some influence from I don't know maybe the punk rock generation. So next. We have the buzz cut. I think this cut would come back into circulation a couple times in life. And it's the most straightforward haircut you could possibly have. You just take a, a, a pair of razors to your head and and off it comes. And I think the only decision you're trying to make is what length buzz you're going for. Do you remember your first buzz cut? I do. This is actually a big memory moment for me because it was the first radically different hairstyle I had from the mushroom cut. And I, I must have been like seven or eight years old. And I remember in the little neighborhood we were in, one of the neighbors, Sion Cruz, his dad was giving out buzz cuts. So the word, the word spread out to all of us who was living in around that neighborhood. And we all just pretty much lined up for our, our buzz cut, <laughs> and including you. I actually really loved it. It's just with this style, I felt a lot tougher for whatever reason mm-hmm. and, fa- and faster, more aerodynamic. And uh, you, you are right. It's just very simple. It's and it's I definitely came back to it later on in my life. Yeah, no, I definitely every once in a while I would you would go for the buzz cut. And it was always it always it, it, I always remember it being a even after having done it one or two times, it was always a bit of a decision that you had to really think about because once yeah. you've gone buzz cut, you just have to wait it out. That's you, right. There, there's no kind of turning back. Whereas if you have a bad kind of normal haircut, and even if it's not quite what you wanted, within two or three weeks or so, it might start to look a bit normal, and, and then you can kind of rethink about getting it shaped again. But Buzz, you're kind of making a big decision, and you're sticking with it for the long haul. And then the worst part was, as it starts to grow out, you kind of go through these phases where it's not a Buzz anymore, but it's also not kind of regular length, and you'd get some, some yeah. maybe some interesting kind of phases in there as it, as it's kind of all growing <laughs> out. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely, uh, I de- would definitely enjoy every once in a while getting a, get a, a good old buzz cut. Uh-huh. So the next one we wanted to talk about was uh, again, I think still in the nineties here, the bleached hair phase. In, in particular, bleached frosted tips. <laughs> yes, bleached frosted tips. Uh, I actually think uh, I got a comment about that the other day because our dog Cooper has some some black tips, and so it's almost the reverse of the uh, the the bleach frosted tips. How many times do you do you, you bleach your hair? Right? Um, do you did it once so, or twice? Yeah, this is again another '90s phenomenon. I wasn't really too sure what this phase was about. Now that I look back at it, I definitely just copied you. <laughs> I, I think there may have been some rock music influence here and i do remember that it was this hairstyle combined with jinkos 
Mm -hmm. Remember those things? Yeah. But let's be frank. There was absolutely no one who could pull off the Jinko's look. (laughs) Jesus. What even was that? Uh, Probably another episode. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's all I have on it. I I tried the... Is bleaching and dyeing the same thing? I think they're technically they're different products because I guess bleaching is... I don't know, it's probably killing the color pigmentation in your hair. And then so okay. what's left, I mean, what's left kind of depends on what your hair color is to start off with. So I think oftentimes we would be shooting for like a, you know, frankly, a blonde kind of thing, but it could come out a bit orange depending on how, how long yeah, you left that's, it in there. That's what we had. And the only other time I played around with uh, coloring my hair was when I was in Korea. And it's mm-hmm. a very big thing there. Like it would be very odd to not see a person rocking pink hair blue hair or whatnot they love to just go crazy with their dyes a girl i was seeing at that time really wanted me to dye my hair so i decided to cave in and just try it out and i tried it like a nothing too crazy just went with a brown color i have pretty sensitive skin after getting it dyed at home the ink caused a reaction with my skin so i had a bit of a allergic reaction a bit of a rash going on at the back of my neck and so i went to the hospital next thing i know i'm getting a shot in in my ass (laughs) so so not your best haircut not my best haircut (laughs) i'm not gonna venture around that kind of area again i've never like dyed my hair a different color but i had i did but i did do a couple rounds of the the bleaching of the hair and I guess, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's bleach, so you do have to be careful because I think if you do get it on your skin, it can burn and, and be uncomfortable. I, I want to say I did it at least twice. And I do remember one time, probably the most radical thing I, I, I did with my hair was I didn't go for kind of streaks. I didn't go for frosted tips. I said, and this was mom, and so she was all on board. I said, mom, <laughs> just go random. <laughs> like, we oh, were just, it, so we kind of just did little splotches dots here and there just this kind of frankly it probably looked like someone just screwed up my head <laughs> it was a real barbershop meme there but right. at the time i thought it was cool it was almost like leopard like right like like a little spotty here uh, and there right right but yeah that was probably the most wild i've gone with uh with hair okay. or i'll turn okay so the next one we have here is the lightning bolt yeah this is this, is, this one this is, is all you <laughs> what do you tell us what's going on here all right the lightning bolt i named it myself this basically happened very, uh, very briefly. It was when I was in high school in Canada. So picture the buzz cut, but with the lightning bolt shape shaved off on the side. So it was just like a little zigzag kind of lightning okay. bolt on the side. Just one side. And it was during my basketball team days. The older kids, he was the on the senior basketball team. He was like the best basketball player. And he was kind of, he did it to himself. So And we were kind of like his little under his wing minions like following in his footsteps so it was me and two other buddies we, we just did it because we thought it was cool maybe it would be eye candy for the ladies mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know what we're thinking really <laughs> but i do know that when you're rocking something like that and playing sports you do feel like it has some sort of weird ass placebo effect on you like that you are you're going to play better because you have this little uh, stupid hair st- <laughs> no that's that's hair totally design le- that's totally legit and I mean, I'm sure that's partly why, like, footballers in general can be yeah. some craziest, the wackiest kind of people out there in terms of doing their hairs in, you know, really unique ways. And I know we've 
copied or us and our friends have copied famous footballers over the years in terms of their hairstyles. So yep, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, did it enhance my game? I, I can't remember that, but it was definitely fun to have that to rock that for a bit. Well, I mean, in a similar way, I've always thought about it the same way as again going back to football. If you wear pink or even just bright shoes, they stand out. My mentality was always, if you wear something like that to the game, you better be able to back it up. Right. So there is a confidence thing there. And I've definitely had um, a pair of very bright yellow kind of shoes with some design on it. And it is the kind of thing where if you if you put those on, you better be re- ready to play because you don't want to be the guy who's kind of standing out but then can't, you know, <laughs> can't, can't, all- can't perform on the field. Just all show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, so, the next one is yours, I believe, which is what we have here called The Wings. Why don't you explain to us what that's about? Yeah, The Wings. So this one, it's it's debatable whether or not this is actually a hairstyle, but I'm going to make the case that it absolutely is. And uh, it also incorporates the use of a, a, another bit of technology on the head, which is called the hat. <laughs> and I, I think over the years... I've been much more into hats than you. Yeah, they just never uh, really fit me right. Maybe due to my like s- small head or something. It just I always looked awkward in hats. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think you, for ha- hats, you've definitely got to find the right kind of shape. And I always have a go-to hat. They varied over the years in terms of fitted hats, baseball hats, golf hats, the kind of trucker caps. There was a phase, which I know you know, for whatever odd reason, I had... A Fuddruckers cap, and yeah. I love that thing. Fuddruckers, for Fud- those of you who don't know, is like a an American burger restaurant chain, and I got a free <laughs> hat from there once. And for whatever reason, I just love the fit, <laughs> and and I wear that <laughs> thing all the time. And it got to a point where one guy was actually he he called me Fuddruckers. He that was his nick n- nickname for me was Fuddruckers, and I thought it was cool. Just shows you like <laughs> whatever you're thinking in life. Um, <laughs> But anyway, going back to the wings, um, so the whole point here is I would grow my hair relatively long, relatively scruffy, but when you wear a hat, only the bit, the only bits that would protrude out the side is kind of the tips at the end. And having curly hair, the only natural way it would kind of come out was it would come out and start to curl up at the sides and kind of create these like little wings. And so it was almost kind of a, an effect of wearing the hat, but... After a while, I started to really like it, and I would really work on trying to bush out these wings as kind of you know as protruding and as thick as possible. And so, again, being frank, you know, might be kind of embarrassing, but going out with wings would be like you'd put on your hat and you'd actually kind of brush up brush up your wings a little bit just to kind of get them a little uh, a little more noticeable. So, oh boy, will, will the wings be making a reappearance any anytime shortly? <sighs> I mean, there was a little bit of wing action at the moment just because, again, I haven't had a haircut in three months and I am wearing a hat to cover that fact. And so the wings do naturally happen, but I'm not putting effort to kind of make sure that I've got maximum wings <laughs> at the moment. So, uh, right. So the next one we're calling the flip. And again, this is this is one for you. I'd, I'd never really rock this, but uh, tell us a bit about the flip. The flip, I'm going to keep this pretty brief. I think that's what what the flip really, really wants it to be. It's just something brief and and very quick. 
so just picture again, your head is kind of all shaven, maybe like picture a number two shave around all your head, apart from the... Short. Maybe a bit longer, no? Okay, maybe number three. Mm-hmm. I never got that right. Every time, you know, when I go on to a barber, it's like, what do you want? Can I see number two? And then, okay, maybe shorter. Could yeah. never remember those numbers. Start okay. higher and then go shorter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was the same length all around the side, above your head, and down the other side, except for the very top part at the front, which is left a little bit long. And you just kind of gel that so it just like points up. So it's kind of like the flip. It's like you're you're sliding your hand over your forehead upward, creating a little hair flip. <laughs> and and this is from uh, my favorite footballer at the time, Robin Van Persie. Yeah, that's where I got the flip from. I no longer really do it. It, it, evolved, it evolved into more of like what you do normally. You kind of just keep your sides short and then just put the top part of your hair like upward, upward mm-hmm. direction with gel. But it's a it's a relatively common hairstyle. I mean, or at least it was. I think there were definitely, I'm sure you had other friends. I can picture people um, at school who would kind of do that. So it wasn't. It wasn't kind of out out of the blue, right? There was no, definitely a phase no. where people were rocking were rocking that hairstyle. Yeah, you're right. The next one we have is the what we call what we're calling the gel. Yeah, and this one is probably not a, a so-called phase per se, but I think for most of us, I mean, up in when you look back at the bowl, the buzz, the bleach hair, lightning bowl, you know, wings. That, there's an element <laughs> of kind of teenage messiness to that, but then you kind of get to a stage where you're kind of starting to work with hair products, whether it's gel, mousse, hairspray, wax. And then you're kind of actually trying to, it's less about having extreme cuts necessarily, but you have a certain style of cut, but then you're also working with it with product to kind of style it to a way that you want. Now, this Mm -hmm. is kind of where we get to the stage where, you know, I never really got a handle of this. I, I felt that there was just too many variables, whether it was how wet is your hair, um, what's the humidity like? Uh, what product do you actually use that works best? When do you apply it? And and I could just never figure it out and never get it to a way that it, it was always hard to get it to a way that I wanted. Whereas I felt that some of my friends were much more, they had their routine, their their methodology down, their their product that they used. And again, going back to this phase where you would actually guys would take a long time to get their hair right before going out. Um, I think you yeah. were more in this camp than than I was. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely common amongst guys. I don't know how much they they talk they do talk about it, but yeah, we do spend quite a bit of time, you know, in front of the mirror trying to make sure you look at your best using whatever gel products you have. I, I tried them all. I I never liked the the wet look. There's like a product that just gives you like wet looking hair. <laughs> Got your wet, your hair is all shiny and very hard, mm-hmm. and it was just hair. I didn't, I hated that that texture, that feel. So I gradually moved on to the more. It's like wax, and that you have to, you know, that's really tough stuff, especially for like if you have thin hair, like we do. So that definitely works better if you have a thick set of hair, I'd say. 
the easiest was hairspray. The best thing to do is make sure your hair is dry, and then you just kind of comb it the way you want and apply hairspray and then mold it with your hands. Or before hairspray, it was definitely the, I think it was wax. It was like, you know, the kind of creamy substance. Well, I, I feel like there was a lot of innovation that was happening, and there were products that were kind of not as sticky as gel, but not as hard as wax and kind of a much yeah. more creamier texture. I actually have a tub of that right now that I'll apply every once in a while. Yeah, I, I found that though over like recent years, and this is, I guess, the last three years, I've stopped using products in general. I've went from a person that really cared about his hair and then now just kind of accepting things for what they are. Right. <laughs> I remember one time, speaking of kind of slicked hair, I don't know what what I was thinking, but uh, I think you remember this because you were staying with me at the time. I decided one day to go into work with kind of a the comb back, and I slicked it with gel, did the comb back, and uh, yeah, that was a rough day at work. I got a lot of grief pretty much from everyone, and uh, it was it, that was my kind of my out of the blue '80s day. Uh, you just reminded me of that with the whole slick back thing. But you also said something else important. The whole, you know, the whole notion of you, you, you start to work with your hair when it's dry. I never knew yeah. that. I spent the vast majority of my kind of gel days working with my hair when it was wet out of the shower. Because I, I, I just assumed that your hair is wet. That's when you can kind of mold it a little bit more. And that's where you right. apply the gel. And that's, I think, a big part of why I was never able to get it right. But what about when you went to the barber shops? I don't know if it's common there, but a go-to move here would be after your haircut, they dry it, they yeah. comb it, and then they'll ask if you want some gel, and they'll gel it for you. No, you're. But that's, I mean, that's of course after the blow dry, right? So. Well, you're no, you're right, but I think that that is the right way of doing it. And for whatever reason, I just you didn't get that memo. I, I didn't get that memo. I didn't think about it like that, and it it was stupid. <laughs> and I think that's a big part of why I, I, I might have struggled to get my hair looking right. Tell you what, <laughs> that'd be very that'd be very hard, especially if you're trying it with like wax. Uh huh. It'd be very very unforgiving. So, anyways, so I think we continue to uh, experiment and learn from uh, kind of hairstyling products. You yeah. added one more here, the yeah. man bun. I almost completely forgot about this. It definitely was an important one because this is the very last kind of hairstyle that i went for don't you remember it started just becoming a really big thing in the la like a couple of years ago three years well, remind ago remind me what a, a man bun is is that where you have long hair like, and it's tied up at the top yeah mm -hmm. it's tied up at the top and you got that was like kind of trending for a bit and i could see it slowly starting to come into uh thailand as well so you try to get ahead of it no i, I just tried uh, riding that wave you know and <laughs> The man bun Jesus. <laughs> now, as I mentioned, I, I do. We have thick, thin hair, right? Really thin hair. I had, I had my go at it, but just don't have the hair for it. You got to have a lot of patience for this one, right? Mm -hmm. You got to grow out your hair quite a while. And then, when you grow out your hair, you definitely have to go through that horrible, awkward stage. You have hair like to your ears or something. There's just nothing. There's no shape to it. It's just all over the place. Mm -hmm. But the best I got, the best I got was something that looked equivalent to like a fishtail. When you kind of tied it up, it's just like a little fishtail part. Of it. Uh -huh. <laughs> it wasn't a full-on man bun. Like what's his name? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic. Yeah, I don't have the hair for it, so 
That's a good effort, though. I do, I do, I do remember when your hair was uh, on the longer side, and that's probably one thing that you and I really never had to a massive degree was really long hair. Again, the longest for me was probably around the bowl cut phase, where you're trying to have long kind of what do they call it? bangs at the no, front. No, no, I would say your longest was the Fuddruckers phase, the wings. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, true. So between that and the bowl cut, I think, or but not yeah. kind of ponytail. What phase are we at now? So we're at a very sad phase, unfortunately, in life. And uh, you know, here on Brothers Being Frank, we try not to shy away from difficult subjects. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both you and I are going through our um, our bolding phase. So this isn't even really a phase. This is just life now. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you kickstart talk about the experience of uh losing hair in our uh, late 20s uh, early 30s it's absolutely horrible like <laughs> it still is i'm not talking in the past tense it's horrible it still is i'm as a person as i said that's gone through different phases of hairstyles and i used to love styling my hair uh every week going out at night and now it's just kind of you, you're starting to lose it. You can't. That's why I said I stopped using hair products even now because it's probably no good for your hair. I don't know. Or no good for my hair at this stage. You know, I'm always constantly looking at it at the top of my head. Now, luckily, I do have a bit of that saving grace where it is at the top of my head. I am taller than most people here. So unless I'm like going down an escalator. <laughs> the people behind me are the only ones that are looking at it but there's that bald spot slowly coming in and it's i should have seen it coming you know when i, I guess i was born when i was born i it was like the style where you have hair around the side and nothing on top mm. and so i'm i guess i'm just kind of slowly going back to that <laughs> and yeah it's you, not fun was there a moment where you realize oh shoot i'm going bold or did it catch you off guard or was it something you started to be aware of and were paying more attention to it? Yeah, actually, that's a good point. I I don't know that one moment where I'm thinking I'm going bold. I don't know what it was, but I definitely, I guess I just started noticing it maybe through looking in the mirror one day on certain lighting conditions. It's, it's a lot worse because mm-hmm. the problem is just the thinning of the hair, right? You still have hair there, but it's just so thin and sparse that you're, you're really starting to see your scalp more than just the the hair <laughs> yeah there's a lot of times you know I'm, I'm i'm now even getting to that stage where i'm like picking at it and my wife calls me out on it it's just like stop <laughs> doing that <laughs> it's worse when you go to like the grocery stores and they'll have like these tvs to show that there's cctv to prevent theft and it's just rubbing salt in the wounds because as i'm walking down that aisle there's a big screen tv with clearly the camera is at the back of my head and I, I just see, I'm just looking at that TV and then I can see my bold spot right there. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I'm less bothered by it than, than you are. Um, we, we have pretty much the same thing going on uh, again, bolding kind of at the top of the head. And I, I, I definitely have a, no pun intended, but burying my head in the sand kind of <laughs> approach to this where mm-hmm. When I look at myself on an ongoing basis in the mirror or in any photo or for most photos, it looks like a somewhat normal hair. Yes, it's kind of less than when I was a kid, but I don't feel like I'm balding. And it's only when I look at it from that certain angle, which is not an angle that I see of myself often. 
So it's all, so I don't think about it, and it's only those points where oh shoot, yeah, I might see a photo that's take, taken at a certain angle, or I might be in an elevator or, or something for some odd reason that has mirrors that kind of are coming at the top of your head, and and then you're you know like that camera that you're talking about where you're kind of suddenly reminded of it, and it does like make you feel a bit down, you know, <laughs> sad about the whole experience. But, for the most part, I'm just like, you know what, whatever. I don't see it on an ongoing basis. That's other people's problems that they have to, <laughs> they have to look at <laughs> my head. Um, and then I just try to, um, you know, get haircuts or comb it in a way that it kind of minimizes the uh, the issue. Have you ever tried yeah. tackling it with uh, with specific kind of hair hair treatment products? I have. I've I've bought this one product where which you're essentially just dropping three droplets of it on top of your head and it, it kind of just smells like you're putting alcohol on top of your head <laughs> so i don't I, I stopped using it i i think at the end of the day they're not going to work if they're if they would work we, there wouldn't be any bald people in the world i know they have options of transplants but i don't think i'm up for doing that it does look like a pretty insane process part of me just thinks while, while it does affect me a lot I do think I should just let nature take its course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm already a happily married man, so I don't have to be going out trying to impress any ladies with that hair anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, the, it's already done its job. It's funny, I, I remember one time having, uh, I think actually a dim sum with um, with a couple of people and one of the guys there, I guess it just had uh, a plugs process or procedure or something. I don't know if this is the normal process or if something had gone wrong but he looked absolutely insane like that care that horror character pinhead i think he's called like little from hellraiser yeah i think so and yeah just like having like little dots kind of scattered across his bald scalp and of course he tried to play it off like it was nothing like he had some kind of allergic reaction to something it's like no dude like this is it's a very particular pattern that's kind of put throughout your head we know that this is like <laughs> some kind of procedure whether that procedure has gone right or wrong i don't know but yeah it looked painful it looked insane yeah i've seen i've seen videos of people go through that like the hair transplant you know because they literally have to pick follicle by follicle so they're, they're taking hair out of a certain area of your body and then literally follicle by follicle inserting it in a certain area of your head that needs it and it's a long process and they have to inject that part of your head with anesthetic they also inject something that puffs up your skin right Right. to create a surface for uh, putting the follicle back in yeah it looks like it's really off-putting for me but you you know like some some guys look good bald right bald 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 can be a good look now, I don't know if we're there yet, and this probably comes back to that earlier point of, are we ready to kind of go buzz cut again? See, I think I'm waiting for you to try it, because part of me thinks maybe this is that might be the solution, and it would help make it look yeah. normal. But also, I haven't, I haven't had a buzz cut in well over probably 12, 13 years, and I'm, I'm a yeah. bit apprehensive to kind of just go for it. So I'm waiting for you to, to, to bite the bullet on that and, and be the guinea pig. Yeah, that I mean, that's a, definitely a scary one. One, I have no idea what I'll look like with a buzz cut at this stage with the, with the thin hair on top. It's some, I mean, I, I wanted to do it before, I remember, and Warissa just said, you know, 
just can you at least wait until after the wedding (laughs) 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 and we are we are six months after the wedding i still haven't done it i'm kind of keeping my hair long at the moment i think i'm still like in in a bit of a denial phase yeah but when it happens, it'll I'll, I'll let you know. And you'll, <laughs> well, yeah, I'll give you the I'll give you the good to go. I think we up. missed I missed a trick here because I've been on lockdown for the past two or so months, two or three months. So this would have been the perfect time to have experimented with it. But uh, yeah, but but you are still doing um, video calls, right? So you're not true. completely out of the woods, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, it feels like we're ending ending on a bit of a a, a down down note but that is the we are now in the uh, that is the bad hair day that we are forever going to be having now <laughs> yeah uh, any bad uh, hair day every day bad hair day, <laughs> bad hair day. <laughs> anything else yeah. you wanted to cover no i think we got it all there we said what we wanted to say yeah if you do have a, a awesome set of hair just just know that there are people walking around going Damn, I wish I had your set of hair right now. <laughs> and, you know, if you are a bold person, if you're a bold, one of our bold listeners, there's nothing wrong with being bold. It's, it's, it's an awesome look as well. I haven't yet accepted it, but I will when it comes, to, when it comes time to it. You're right. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Um, thanks, Jeff, for, uh, for joining. Uh, good to talk about this. Yeah. All right. So thank you for those who have listened. This is Brothers Being Frank. Jeez, that was an hour and 44 minutes. (laughs) No, an hour and 40 minus 24.